what's what's happening, Shanice? So we'll start this again. So mm-hmm. I'll do it with a bit more. Hello, everyone. This is the Marvin's World podcast, and we are with a remarkable woman. She is an entrepreneur. She is a fantastic dancer, an absolutely hilarious actress. Uh, she's a bodybuilder too. <laughs> no, she's not that. She she is, but she's an amazing dancer, amazing actor. And she needs to do some stand-up comedy because she has a unique gift. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one day, one day I'll do stand-up. I don't know how to do stand-up, to be honest. Well, you're stand-up. doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Marvin, you have a podcast. I love it. <laughs> By the way, that suggestion you gave me on... Um, that man, he is a remarkable. Which one? The one with, I don't want to Yes. My yeah, God. So, yeah, I mean, I think I've got, but yeah, it's amazing. Like the people he meets and like the ideas and like, it's just so good. It's just boom. I'm so glad you're listening to him. Yeah, really good for people who are solo entrepreneurs and uh, business owners. Really like, it's like school, but on a podcast. Tag Lewis House, School of Greatness. I recommend it, Marvin. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I mean, it's better than the Joe Rogan podcast. Joe Rogan may be the biggest podcast out there and he does a few good episodes, but they're too long. And he's, it's, yeah, I, I feel sometimes he wanders off a bit whilst Louis is, he's a shorter and he, yeah, it's definitely among the best out there. Cool. Okay. Since you're recording, should we just get right into it? We'll get right into it. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Shanice. So, um, if anyone doesn't know you, like, tell us a bit how you met me and, like, tell us a bit about what you do, how you became a creative artist and just, like, what made you an entrepreneur and an actress? Basically, my life story. <laughs> Effectively, yes. Um, hello, everyone who is listening to Marvin's podcast. I am <laughs> Shanice. I am from Singapore and I met Marvin in Philip Gollier School. Uh, we were in the same kind of first year class and we worked together on a lot of like exercises and games and we're just classmates. Um, and the question is, how did I become an artist? Is it? Oh my gosh, that's like... No, but what led you to becoming an entrepreneur and wanting to be an actress? Right. I mean, I was and uh i was in theater first uh here i was you know it really started late in my life like 17 years old i joined a semi-professional youth theater group which was like an after school sort of club but they were really serious and i love theater and i love dancing but i never really thought i would pursue it professionally until i got into this uh, school club and then I met um, yeah I mean I just trained in dancing and doing shows professional like in a sort of semi-professional way and then I the story is so long I'm trying to keep it short Um, 
I met, okay, so I took this thing called theater studies and drama, which is an O-level, you have O-levels there, right? Um, it's an O-level subject, and um, I did flamenco for my, for my, like, practical showcase, but I didn't know anyone who really thought flamenco, and I met uh, my mentor, Antonio Vargas. He is a very famous flamenco maestro here, and he runs a, oh my god, my doorbell. <laughs> Ma! <laughs> so funny, oh my gosh. I'm like doing an interview, I'm not gonna open the door. Um, so yeah, I met a flamenco maestro. Yeah, someone is gonna open the door. We can yeah. stop it for a bit if you want, and you can- Oh, it's okay. Hi! Oh no, I guess this is hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in the living room because my internet. And um, so basically, I I'm just gonna wait because I know Zoom call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I'm sorry. It is really like comedy. Okay. So seriously, I have to say that yes, I met Antonio Vargas, and then he basically invited me to join his flamenco dance theater company uh, when I was 18, and then I started to work with them doing more professional shows, um, and I think learning from him and the company, I just really wanted to do more physical theater-based work, um, so I just started from there, and then the entrepreneur thing came when... I graduated from university. I didn't go to an art school. That's why I'm in Philip Collier School because <laughs> I didn't go there. Uh, I have Asian parents, so like they're not into that sort of thing. Yeah. And they were paying my school fees. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go to a, I went to a liberal arts college, which gave me a lot of freedom to uh, choose what I wanted to study. So I could work while I was studying in Singapore and then when I graduated it just came about when I I think because we were the first batch I went to Yale and US College so that's Yale University in Singapore which is a very Hello, mom. <laughs> that's my <laughs> mom episode anyway uh, I went to Yale University here but Singaporeans maybe aren't so, I was the first batch and weren't so used to like the idea of people with a liberal arts degree. So we didn't get hired as much. And so my company came about um, because I wanted to put together sort of freelance artists as a collective to kind of help like the underserved community. Um, and then I just decided that yeah, I wanted to do that along with I had just written a clown show for my final thesis thing and I did it uh, and they really loved it. I received money to do that again. So I was working on restaging it and I thought if I did a nine to five job, I will never stage this again. So I kind of set up a company conveniently to to do what I want to do, really, <laughs> to chase my dream put restage the show. I did it. I finally did that last year, 2019. Um, and I've been ever since my company has been dedicated to helping um, individuals with illness and um, helping underserved communities through arts and, and wellness, really.
Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of details I missed out, but kind of the gist. So, <laughs> yeah, it's so you, a lot of the things that you wanted, you've always sort you, you've just stumbled across them, but now you're in a place where I'm happy, I'm doing what I want to do, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you start out a business, I mean, I was like 22 years old and I didn't go to a business school and um, yeah, and I didn't know, I was 23 years old, sorry, and I didn't go to a business school, I didn't know what it's like to run a business. And to be honest with you, I, I hated the idea of running a business because it just felt very administrative. I'm like an artist. Why would I do yeah. paperwork, right? But so that just really kind of daunted me for a while. And to be honest with you, um, I would say the first two years was the worst. <laughs> the first two years, because you're figuring it out. Um, you don't really know, like, especially when you're a new entrepreneur, nobody knows who you are and you got to do a lot of like, uh like scouting around for jobs build like making people know who you are believing letting them believe in you and your vision um so the two years was the hardest i think only in the last year or so i think i found a good team um i found good like grounding and like i really i think enjoy more being an entrepreneur more of a solopreneur now because of the pandemic um but just enjoying just choosing what i want to do and and building it up and being patient with it i think that that part was just taking time and learning about that and what would you say are the main bits of like running a business and like the key things to getting it to work because also when you're setting up a business you also got to be aware if you've got a good idea as well or in anything you've got to be careful about who you let around you who you trust and who you work with too and then you got to think yeah what what are the what would you say are the foundations to setting up a good business um i i think that's a good question i mean in my experience and it's different from i think it's different because i'm running an arts and wellness business so my experience comes from that place and i think you need a good uh team but you won't find a good team until you try the working with the team and um, just kind of having a good intuition and building that within you of who to trust and who not to trust. Um, yeah, I think the first year I made a lot of mistakes and I really let in, um, I took in projects with people who maybe weren't so nice to me and really took me for granted um but i didn't know that until i i went through that and then i learned it so i don't know how else can you learn it unless you you become aware of it and i think don't be afraid to fail uh because a lot of why my business still survives is because i made a lot of mistakes and i learned fast from it <laughs> and i made sure i didn't repeat those mistakes again um, and have a very clear vision of what you want to do. So when I first started, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to perform, I wanted to create, I wanted to do commercials for people because I'm a multidisciplinary artist. I can produce, I can 
direct, I can act, I can dance, you know, <laughs> I love it all. And so I want to do it all. But I think when you do too much, your brand gets uh, diluted. So you want to be very focused about what you want to do. So like, for example, I finally decided that I'll only do projects that are arts and wellness in my company and anything else that is related to the arts, but not really from a wellness perspective, like maybe more corporate jobs. I might not put that under my company, but I might do it as a freelancer or work with someone else who has that expertise. So just be very clear about your vision, your brand. Um, I think working on yourself is like uh, number one. Yes, yes, yes. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, because if you're coming, cause if you're coming from a bad place, um, coming from a place of li being very limited in your beliefs and like just not, not in a good place, not evolved, I think. <laughs> it sounds to me, but it's true. Uh, it's going to affect your business and it's going to uh, affect the things you attract to your business. So why the first two years I was in a bad place emotionally. I was just out of school. I was dealing with some personal struggles and um, I could see that the things I was attracting, the clients were all very like, you know, not, not best not the best and when i started to change um and started to work on myself i would do things like meditate exercise um like listen to a lot of podcasts like lewis house like really really work on myself i started to see um the change happen on how when i changed my energy inside i was also attracting a different kind of frequency a different kind of vibe um, so yeah, those are all things that I think are basic of business and actually a lot of your business is you. So you need to work on you before you start your business. Um, because I think a business is an extension of you anyway. So, and, um, so you, you do, so as you said, you do a lot of fields in terms of creative, you're a good dancer, you're a good, like you do singing. Well, I don't know if you do sing, but I know you do acting, yeah, <laughs> dancing. And what, what's which of those, which of those are you more focused on per se? Acting. Oh, I wish I, I wish the answer was acting. I started off with a lot of theatre, but to be honest, now a lot of my work is more with dance, and I think it's only because it's easier to train in dance by yourself. Um, like you're training your body than acting where you need people um, and I always felt more comfortable with using my my body to express myself more than my voice or um, but now a lot of my work is I I would say physical theater but I've not been performing as much as I would like to and that's because of the pandemic um, <laughs> but I've been like doing a lot more teaching and so this is another manifestation that are creating a content ideation for new ideas and stuff like that um so i don't really have i have three focuses and i i love how it just disappeared three focuses um one is uh performing and then the other one is creating content and the third one is arts education so i kind of 
um, go in between all three. Um, but anything else, I put it as another as another part of my life, and I I'm not currently focusing on other things other than that. Okay, cool. It's um, and what what's what brought you to Philip Dolier? What made you go? I want to learn from a Frenchman that is says very offensive things and offend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it was more personal than professional like I didn't know I didn't want to be a clown and I still think uh, I'm not like gonna be trying to be a professional clown or whatever but uh, I encountered Philippe Gaulier in uh, a summer no semester abroad program in NYU where one of the teachers was his student and I got introduced to Leisure um, by him, and it really changed my perspective on theater. I remember that in the encounter, it was like two, three weeks with his name is Gregor, and I just remember going like, "This is I want to do more of this kind of play-based work." And then I came back to Singapore, and I found um, Philippe has a dear student here who is also who's become a teacher, like Carlos. Um, his name is Elvin. Shout out to Elvin Chiam. Okay, so he... <laughs> um, at that time, I was writing a clown show and my advisor uh, linked me up with Elvin and Elvin taught a few leisure classes in my university and I, I organized and attended them all and I found that within that, I just felt like... I felt I in Singapore, I don't know how it is in London, but... I think a lot of us just kind of go through life like a robot. <laughs> oh. Like we're, we're told like, you know, you need a certain job to do well and you know, you're, yeah. it's, it's young, right? So you like, so we kind of like, I feel are dead inside. Um, to be honest, that's really like the case. And I became one of those people too. And we all wear a lot of masks on how like we act in, in real life. and. I think like showing your truest self is not something that I personally have been taught. <laughs> um, like just be yourself. I don't remember being taught that in school or even at home. Uh, or even if we were taught at home, I think it was hard to be that way because society wasn't like that. So I, um, at least when I was growing up, I think life is changing a little bit here. But um yeah. When I when I kind of went through his class, I just became like myself. I felt like I could laugh. I was very crazy. Like the person that you see in Golia, like I wasn't, I'm not like that at home. So even me like discovering that about myself was just like incredible. And um, so I graduated university and I had been in contact with Elvin. He's a very good friend now. And um, I was doing my clown show again. I wanted to restage it. So I asked Elvin to direct it. And um, in that process, Golia came to Singapore and he was teaching, he did it for two years. So I went to attend Golia's workshop for two years. I think we did um, Moliere, a mask play here, the first one. And then second one was clown. And in both workshops, I could feel like, cause I was surrounded by 
um, Singaporeans, right? And we're all like with this mindset of we need to do well and we need to be like really good. And we need to impress the teacher. Um, I felt myself like close up in the class and um, it wasn't like in Elvin's class where I was like fully open. So I think I felt really depressed after each scholar class, like I will walk home and, and I'll just be like super depressed. Like, I'm like, how did I reach this stage where I can't even play? Like, I literally like, I will walk through the, the MRT, the train station, we call it MRT here. Um, and I would just be like, so depressed. And I'm like, I can't believe I've lost my sense of play, whatever. And then I think the second time Golia came in clown, I just was very like tight. And I knew this wasn't who I was. And it was just the environment made me feel this way. So I made a decision to go to Golier, um, because I knew if I went to France and I'm surrounded by different kinds of people from all over the world and away from my work, away from my home, um, I'll be able to get there. I like, I knew it in my heart. So I saved money and then I went to Golier, and then, and, and I feel like I have, um, I have opened up, I mean, just seeing like how I was in Buffon class and uh, <laughs> like that was the last time we were in Galea together. So that's my benchmark. And I really felt like I finally reached this place where I felt, oh, wow, I'm really funny or I'm really crazy. And, you know, like, oh, I can't believe I, I like was so closed up. And even Galea actually before we left that last autocore session, he did tell me like, oh, your character is really good, not bad. And, uh, and it was the first time I think he affirmed me and he's someone who's seen me for many years, like, come. So I was like, yeah. He, he no, look, you, you, you need to stop putting yourself down. That bit where you, you, what's that bit with that blonde Sophie, when you were playing some role and you were saying, oh, I love you, I love you. And because I'm Asian, it's forbidden love. That was one of the funniest things I saw in that school. My God. <laughs> you, you, Takuma, um, I like Susanna. Uh, who else was really sort of amazing? Like Andre, bloody hell, you guys are so... So bloody talented, and you and Francesca, you don't, and, and Veronica, like you guys don't know how good you guys are, and you're so um, humble. How, I don't know how you guys do it being that good and not how, how you don't, how you're able to keep yourself in check. I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, it's new for me as well, like, I didn't know all these things about myself, um, and it comes out like impulses, right? So I don't plan in your those moments to happen um, but it's exactly what is being thought at Philip Gollier so if you want to learn about impulses go sign up at Philip Gollier website <laughs> <laughs> I'm just promoting but yeah it's it was um, yeah it, it was it's strange that it all sort of finished up like that I didn't expect it and um, and we were cooking a meal before everything happened yeah, I mean, I'm not the best chef, but it was a nice meal. We we all had some fun. Like and we had a nice. So, it's so weird. I was th I always think about that night because it's like we we for the listeners, um, before we kicked got kicked out of Philip Goliath School <laughs> because of the pandemic, not because we are shit students. Um, we were cooking an Asian meal for our friends and. 
I just remember like I came home, I was happy, like it was great, it was a great meal. And then I received on my phone that my airline had been canceled because of the pandemic. And that's when like, it was just crazy. It was a crazy weekend. I left um, on Sunday afternoon uh, that weekend and I left in a rush and I left my things there before I came. <laughs> And for the viewers back home, what happened was she had to leave the stuff with a good friend of ours, Takuma. Um, and I don't know, is he still there now? Yeah, he is still there. Takuma is my Japanese friend. I gave him all my food. I literally went grocery shopping for another week's worth of food on Saturday. And then Sunday when Michiko, who is the person in charge of the school, told us, we had to kind of leave, no more school. I just kind of gave him like everything in my fridge. Um, and I, I left, I had three hours to leave. So he's still there and um, my things hopefully are going to be passed to another good friend of mine, Abigail, who has a house there and I hope to retrieve them. Because <laughs> my mother's rice cooker is still there. <laughs> So who's who's still there? So Abigail's there, Takuma's there. I know that Liv and what's it called, um, Elena there, uh, Veronica and Sonia. I have no idea who is there actually. Only know Abigail. It's a big lot, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I, it's funny with the school as well. Like in in the how it works is like in the beginning, everyone's all like close friends and this and that. And then as things go all along, people start getting to their cliques and they start doing this and that. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's, and it's, it's funny, isn't it? The mix of the school is strange. Like me, you, maybe Joel, and maybe three or four, other, Takuma and Michiko, you know, we're probably, there's like a, a handful of non-white people in the school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and and to be honest um i i think being from another country and not being you know the same race as like most of my friends uh is something that i played a lot to my advantage because yeah. i was yeah um and i couldn't do that here obviously <laughs> so i guess yeah but i think the diversity um really helped and I really learned a lot from my friends um culturally also I had a lot of weird habits um and my friends were, oh, uh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. You, yeah it was funny what's it called hearing the story like you you and like Beth and all of them were talking and then you said you and Takuma like you would go to Cafe Jew and then you would see this you go oh what's going on here what's going on here I mean, we come from a very Asian conservative culture. So in France, I mean, everyone is, you know, getting intimate and everything. And the first time, of course, I was like, oh, wow, they do that in like public, you know, it was really like a good day for us. Uh, and of course, now I'm like, of course, we are used to it. And we're like, okay. <laughs> but the first time I remember talking about it, I was like, oh, what? What? <laughs> 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 To, to everyone looking back home, what goes on with Philip Gaudier is um, we're in a little Buddhist retreat and people get close together. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, I do, I, do, I'm, I do miss it and I do sort of not miss it in a way as well. But hey, 
it's one of those things it's um what do you not miss about it oh god you're gonna not like me if i say the truth i don't know it's your show but okay it is fine. I'll, I'll say i'll say my show i'll say it and let's see <laughs> no i don't i feel i don't mind the school i don't like i really would have loved to finish the third term because there's a lot i could have learned but and there's definitely a lot I could, yeah. Um, I feel, yeah. I feel I could have. I don't know. I feel that I've, I've, I've. I wish my relationship with Philippe and Carlo and Michka was a bit better. I feel I've made a few mistakes with them, um, and I feel as a whole. This now that I look back in it, I've made a few mistakes in the school, and I feel socially wise, and I feel that as a whole. Yeah, I don't know. I feel that I don't fit in the school. I feel that my character doesn't fit in well with a lot of the people there. And that's it. I feel okay. like the way I think and the way people are in the school is a bit different. A lot, not everyone, but there's a big, like, there's a bit of a, yeah, that's it really. Yeah, I mean, that's great that you're like, you know, reflecting on these things. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, yeah okay i don't really have anything else to say but oh that's great that you well, think about <laughs> no uh what's it called it's a good time to sort of reflect on a few things i remember sometimes in the school i was a bit too honest and i'd say something and then someone would get very upset about it and then <laughs> ooh, go down what's it called the other boom 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 but now i realize that you can't be too honest sometimes that's one thing i learned from the school yeah, I will go back. But let's see. Let's see what it's going to be interesting because I know that there's going to be a lot of people that aren't there and a lot of people that will be there and there'll be new people there as well. So it's a bit of... And how, how, is, how is Philippe going to manage the school? Because in the second year and the first year, there's about maybe... There's 80 people, right? And there's two classes. But now he's got another lot coming in from the new year coming up. So how is he going to manage that many people? I have no idea and I don't even know if I'm more worried that this stupid virus is still gonna be around. Yeah, that's true as well. And you know, I hope Philippe survives it because you know, if people going in the school going this way, how are they not gonna transmit the thing to him? He always does the kiss kiss of the kiss on the cheek thing. And how is he not gonna get it? If he were travelling across the world, eighty people, they're all in one corner corner. They have to get costumes travel to get it and yeah how's how's it not gonna work like that it's just i don't know what to make it's it's just the way it is yeah uh, I, I tell you what i do miss the dog from uh Golier. <laughs> yeah. the dog you were scared of in anita's house wingo <laughs> oh, okay. okay yeah 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 to everyone back home like shanice is like if you get a dog of me i'm gonna run away <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wasn't raised around dogs, so of course I'm gonna be like, "What? I don't know how to react." I mean, I was, I wasn't like screaming. I was just like, "Can you please stay over there?" <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, yeah, it's it's been so. Yeah, it's been interesting, but I I need to get you up on doing a stand up gig. I'd love to get you on and like. Like, 
no idea how to do stand up, Marvin. <laughs> stand up, come on, you're funny, you're hilarious. You just. <laughs> I tried to write one, but I just like got lost after two sentences. I'm like. I'll tell you what, Shanice. I'll I'll give you a link to uh, the Angel Comedy Writing Workshop. I'll give you the I'll give you some links to the list of gigs I'm doing, and then you then, let, shall we make a pact? What what? Because I want to get you to go and do a gig. What what? Uh, Think, I'll think about it. I honestly, um, I'm not doing any gigs at the moment because I'm in the middle of restructuring my company. So I will think about it and um, yeah, I'll let Other you know. Word, no. <laughs> I'm not like closed off to it, but I guess I don't want to feel pressured to do a gig at the moment. Yeah, I want to have time to explore comedy and you know what like i don't want to feel pressured to do a gig at the moment <laughs> yeah you gotta do it now <laughs> yeah i mean like there's a lot of pressure in life already so don't add on to it marvin i'll do so, stand up when i want <laughs> what, what? <laughs> no <laughs> No, it's, uh, what's it called? Um, the one thing that I definitely want to try and understand from the Philip Gurley is the fixed point thing and rhythm. That's something I never sort of quite understood. And it's, oh, I, yeah, I, I just didn't understand it at all when I was doing the plays or doing this and that, and I just still couldn't get it now. And it's... Yeah, you move too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, if it helps, just try playing um, freeze with yourself. Yeah. It's it's uh yeah, it's interesting. And it was it was funny when we did that comedy show. My god, like one one time and then boom, it's all finished. <laughs> and when you went to watch the show on a Friday. <laughs> oh, I love that. I actually wanted to cuz my boyfriend was supposed to come to France. Um, and I wanted him to watch one of those. Like I told him, oh, when you come, we've got to watch Marvin's comedy show at this cafe. I'm sure he'll be doing more. And he was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then bam, coronavirus. But we're, we would love to go if you, if let's say we go uh, back to school and if he comes and like, yeah. One thing I want to ask, there's two questions I want to ask, and this is not to pry, but um, you know about four or five languages, is that right? No. Uh, I know one well, and I know four or five, like, shit. <laughs> and um, so English is my primary language. I know a little bit of Tamil, because I am part Indian. And um, and I, I studied that in school and my grandparents talked to me in that, but I never reply in Tamil, I just reply in English. Um, and I know a little bit of Chinese. I know really, I'm quite proficient in Spanish because I took Spanish and I lived there and I, I lived in Spain for a while and I worked there and I had to do a show there. I had to you know, take class in Spanish. So my Spanish is really good. Um, 
Yeah, and um, I speak Malay in Tirik Kolea, but that's only because my national language in Singapore is Malay. But actually, I'm only saying like very basic words that any Singaporean will be able to repeat, but I don't speak Malay. Um, so yeah, it feels like I speak many languages, but to be honest, I'm just kind of throwing in all the words I know in one language and then because you guys are all like not really natives of the language you think that I'm super proficient and then I get away with that what's it <laughs> oh okay well no but you still know I mean as Muhammad Ali said English people don't even know English <laughs> like with Africans they know French they know this and what's it called with your boyfriend this is not to be private but where's where's he from is he a mix as well because i get the feeling that malaysia and singapore are quite sort of mixed between two or three races as a whole is that right okay yeah but you know singapore is not malaysia right no but i know that's part in some respects some of it's similar yeah yeah, yeah. okay but i have to state clearly for all your viewers i'm very like patriotic about it singapore is an island away from malaysia i'm sorry malaysia we're not part of you um but yes my boyfriend is a mixed uh race as well he is mixed uh chinese and indonesian chinese and malay um but he doesn't he's like me he speaks like english really well we speak in english but he only speaks uh like he knows a bit of in Bahasa Indonesia and and Chinese. Um, so yeah, I guess like Singaporeans, I mean, not just me and my boyfriend, but uh, a lot of people speak many languages. Like my mom speaks like a few languages as well and my dad as well. So it's quite normal to, to, to do like, to know more than one language, at least two, I think for most Singaporeans. Um, and we just code switch whenever. Okay. Uh, yes. So I think this is what what I've said here just is misconstrued. I'm I'm you I'm basically coming across as someone that's if you go to England like someone's rough and they're like yo yo yo, yeah you look like this yeah so you come from this country yeah, like you this is so I don't you don't even understand what I'm saying do you? <laughs> no what. When you you, no, because you said, I wasn't saying that Malaysia or Singapore are the same. I'm just saying, it's just a okay. joke. <laughs> I think that's I, how it came across. No, because <laughs> I, I just wanted to take the opportunity to educate whoever was listening. I know you know there's a difference because you know Hanan, who is Malaysian, and you know me, who is Singaporean. Um, but yeah, you know, some listeners don't know, so I gotta educate. So I'm gonna <laughs> give me that opportunity to educate. What would be funny at the moment? I'm getting maybe I've had about thirty views on on the A casting of different this and that, but on the YouTube bit, I've had quite a few views. In the YouTube bit, I've had a few more views, but on like the smaller ones, I haven't really had any. But I'll be funny if, if... Where is this being shown? Well, look for Marvin's World. It's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes. And people are watching me right now? No, 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 no. But they'll listen to it once I record it. All oh, right, right. And sometimes what I do with the videos, if I think there's like a life lesson or something interesting, I'll take a short bit from it. And I say, duh, 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 this is it. You can learn from it. If you want to know more, duh, duh, duh. I'm like Googling this right now. 
<laughs> good in Marvin's world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I've probably I've put I've probably um spoke to more Goldie students than I have about anything else on this podcast. I think I've I've interviewed about four or five. I interviewed one woman who's Maria Dubeck. She did some sort of self help thing. I did one who does art things and I've had interviewed other comedy promoters. I interviewed a psychic and she says that things are going to be better in 2024. What? So long? Oh my God. (laughs) But I don't know. She may be wrong. (laughs) Hopefully she's wrong. But um, yeah, it's fun doing a podcast. It's, it's, you never know what's going to happen. I don't know what someone's going to say. It's, it's, It's unpredictable and it's uncontrolled, which I like. That's why I like stand-up. Um, what's it called? Um, yeah, I definitely want to go to Singapore at some point. Definitely, it'll be fun to visit. Um, what's? Do you have any questions you want to ask me, Shanice? <laughs> um, not really. What are you working on now, though? Other than the podcast? Oh, um, I'm, well, I'm doing a few gigs online. Some working on material, um, and I'm running my hecklers show and improv shows, which are fun. Uh, I'm probably going to do a gig on Monday in London Bridge outside. Looks quite fun. Um, I'm look. I'm going to try and. I think for the meantime, once I get some admin-based stuff out of the way. I'm going to focus a lot on the jobs because then once I can get some more money coming in, I can start investing on better equipment for the podcast. At the moment, all I got is this as my microphone. Okay. How come your microphone is so far away from your mouth? I don't know. Hello, hello, hello. It was it's, plugged in, Marvin. It is plugged in. <laughs> You know what? I wouldn't do stand-up alone, but if you ever want to do a gig where it's just you and me talking, which is really funny, I'm happy to do it. And I don't feel feel pressured to prepare anything. I just have to respond to you. (laughs) Oh, that was a bit... Yeah, I don't know what I was saying with the last time me, you and Samantha on stage. We did some poem and I was just saying some silly things like, Marvin, what are you saying? (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy to do that sort of thing at the moment, um, if you want to. Because I think people find us very funny. <laughs> I don't know when we well, talk what's to been said. <laughs> yeah, we do work quite well together. That's, it is quite funny. And yeah. It's like you gonna... can prepare all the script for yourself, and then you talk to me, and then I just reply you. <laughs> Okay, so the script is going to be, uh, I'm a deer in a park, I'm going to do some dancing, and you're going to you're gonna be the warden. Oh, what? No, you just talk. <laughs> I want to show you something. Can I show you something quickly? I want to see what you think. Um, Are we still talking? Uh, is this yeah. still recording? What's happening, Marvin? <laughs> yes, it is, but I want to show you something. For the listeners, Marvin has taken a short commercial break and he is going <laughs> to um, yeah, show me his Facebook. What? Oh, right. Okay. 
So what did you think of that info show that I showed you? <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was like, I just couldn't, I honestly, it's just the time zones that were like, I was found it really hard to catch shows um, that you were doing. But I think it's great. You have a branding that you have already. You have sort of uh, like a sort of visual vibe, sort of themes. Yeah, I saw this. <laughs> There's a real funny bit here. So how this show works is, I've forgotten what I wanted to say to you now, but I'll remember in a second. So what, what, well, I told you what it's about, didn't I? Like you choose the topics and then they improvise on it and then they... He did this topic two minutes on that, he improvised on it. Porn magazine in the 60s. And then they, they did, a, did an improv troupe on it. <laughs> you see all of it? No, I only watched a little bit. stop it now but what do you so they, they did it what do you what, i've forgotten what i wanted to say from it yeah i was saying we, we'll do that show we'll do a scene <laughs> okay yeah let's do it i'm trying to no, see not... instagram live i don't know how to do this living with marvin oh okay. god <laughs> yeah Oh, my connection is not that great. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Oh. It's okay. Yeah, it This is going to okay. go on a podcast, by the way. <laughs> no, my so Instagram live crashed. So um, it didn't happen. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> not yet. You don't know it yet. Uh, can I oh yes, I'm on Instagram Live. Hello. Oh, right. I'm talking to my dear friend Marvin from Philippolaire and we're having the most like interesting conversation. So Marvin, yes, you can keep going. I just <laughs> I always tell my friends about Marvin. My friend from school. <laughs> I wish people met you in real life. So all we have to do is just do a live. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Hello, Shanice's friends. And it's, <laughs> yo, what's going on? Jeez. No. Um, so Shanice, one, one thing I want to ask you, <laughs> um, what, what do you think is, um, so you did that lovely tropical arts sort of club and that was, that was fantastic. I thought that was a great idea, like getting the people to share their work around the world, doing these little videos. And what, what made you decide like, you wanted to share people's stuff? I think with the pandemic, you know, I just felt like, um, hey, this life is really 
distracting. Um, <laughs> hello, everyone. I'm talking to Marvin, my friend from Philippe Collier. Um, I think with the pandemic, I guess a lot of the artists lost their jobs, and I think I wanted to be able to just kind of show solidarity along with my co-host, uh, John. And um, yeah, it was a successful project, I would say, because we did um, about a month worth, about almost 50 artists sharing from all over the world. So it was good. And I, I, I'm really glad that we actually did it yeah mm. yeah it was a nice a very i liked the how you made it so simple like to edit and you had a, it had a lot of pizzazz on it yes it very... um my friend john is a very good editor and he's just an amazing creative so we work really well together um yeah to be honest this Shanice, now that you've put it on Instagram Live, it feels like I'm in Big Brother or something and I have to put on some sort of weird performance to do like some sort of prank video. And there's gonna like there's gonna be someone popping out in a minute, like you're gonna get some sort of Spider-Man yeah, or something. Very distracting and this has failed. Thank you all my life, um, people <laughs> tuning in. But I don't know how people do this on live. I don't have anyone watching right now, so it's so lame. Okay, so I'm gonna end it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> what? Yes. One thing. Okay. I think one thing. So we are talking about a lot of things, and I feel that we're. Yeah, it's, it's, it's late night. <laughs> uh, one thing, so when you're in sort of France and from Singapore, what have you found to be characteristics from all the places you visited? What would you say are the characteristics that everyone shares? And what would you say are characteristics that have been different from each of your experiences from traveling to different countries and performing with different people? Wow. Um, so deep your question, Marvin. You thought a yeah. lot about Very good. Um, a star. Uh, I think I noticed that people all around the world want the same things, which is to be accepted, to be seen, and to be heard. Um, and maybe we walk into different countries with different cultures. So some are more open to expressing that and some aren't. Um, but I noticed that and to be honest, France scares me like because I don't speak French and then um, I've had certain in incidences in France where people have been very like rude to me and stuff like that, which is a very typical French stereotype. And I always thought like, oh no, French people, I'm like scared. But I actually made really, really good friends with French, um, with French people. Uh, who are dancers that we really connected and they've been so nice to me like I literally have a group of French aunties who I take reggaeton class with every weekend and they're so nice to me and they never once told me like oh we expect you to speak French you know so there are like different types of people in every city and it's just finding like 
good ones who see you for who you are, who accept you for who you are, and just, um, yeah, I think the differences is mostly, um, I mean, I've also worked in very poor countries like Cambodia, Kenya, and I've also worked in very rich countries like Europe, <laughs> and I'm from Singapore, which is a very well-to-do city. Um, and I think the differences are really like, I see that in government um, really like, there are some governments that really want to help the people and there's some who don't. And some countries are blessed with uh, economic wealth and that really benefits the arts and benefits people and there are some that are not. And um, I think I just learned over the years not to bring my own cultural um, understandings or backgrounds of being raised in a certain way to these different places because it will not allow me to adapt to the place. Um, and for me, like as a Singaporean, I think I'm, I'm like, I guess also being in London, right? Like we're exposed to people from all places of the world. So it's not like I'm like completely uh, like new to certain cultures or whatever, but I guess it's just learning how to adapt and uh, and then understanding, okay, I was raised a certain way and which things that I want to to still hold on to the way I live my life and which things I want to be more open and learn and, and, and put that into my life. <laughs> like I was living in Spain and, and the abuela I live with, um, she liked to hug <laughs> and do kisses, which we don't do here. So obviously I was like, oh, what is she doing? It's so awkward, like germs. Um, but then I just got used to it and then I understood it's a way of expressing affection. And so it's just about being able to be more like flexible. Lah. Okay, and so there's two ideas that I've just come across right now and I want to see your opinion. So, one of the things that I found that can be an issue with any sort of theatre project, and one thing that I think in the school as well, it's mostly theatre acting. The thing is, there is issues with working with different types of people. And one of the things I found, and I did a bit of research on it, so there's sort of two types of people. There's people that will sort of be easygoing and are willing to take risks and do different things, but there'll be others that are very sort of stiff and very perfect, and they want to perfect every other bit. And a bit research and, and they said that the, the way to get people to work best together is they have to compromise and you have to sort of mediate between those two people and find a way of getting them to meet meet halfway and i think one of the things that i found sometimes when working with philip girl from my side and other people as well is none of them were were, were willing to none of, we didn't sort of want to meet halfway enough and we didn't listen we would say you're wrong this is wrong and then if someone says this and that we're not willing to on my side as well, be open or take constructive feedback to work as a team to get it to work. It's just that if you don't do it my way, it's not going to work. So that's that's one thing I found sometimes in working with different people. I think we don't always look to achieve or cooperate enough to be successful. Yeah, I mean, people are different and you're going to meet people who are different from you all the time. Um, I've recently learned this thing thing called mirrors um, and it really helped me understand seeing the world and the people around me so there are like seven mirrors um, if, 
see mirrors, but basically it's uh, the idea that certain people mirror different parts of yourself. So, um, and you can read more into it. I'm not an expert, but like sometimes when you meet a more challenging person or whatever, and you feel something, that person is showing a part of you that they are like people around us are all mirrors. So we even with the difficult people who are I'm gonna put it in the chat, seven as seen mirrors. I learned it and I found it really, really helpful for me to navigate like difficult relationships, um, in the sense of like kind of transforming that uh I feel like did I spell that right? Um it's like transforming like some relationships are more um, difficult than others. Wait, okay, let me put a link for you. And some, some like, yeah, some relationships are more difficult than others. And most of the time we take that personally because we have an ego, we, we need to feed that, whatever. But um, I feel like what really helped me was just understanding that different people show different things about myself, even the people who are not the most uh, like great to work with. And that's great. But yeah, just using that for my advantage to help me be a better person, help me realize something more about myself. Okay, so this is the link. And... Mm. Yes, yeah. that's one thing. Yeah, one thing I'll notice that's a difference, and this is a general assumption between the East and West, is that people in the West have more of a bigger ego than perhaps people in the East. I think people in the East like to focus more so on the work. Well, generally, I just generally. think people, people in the East just don't show it. <laughs> or they get on with the work, whilst people in the West will be loud about it and they'll be you that they are annoyed with you to your face that's the difference ah. <laughs> that's that's a lovely bit of truth there. <laughs> um yeah they won't tell you i mean it's in my culture not to tell people that i'm annoyed with them at all <laughs> but you have told me to shut up a few times <laughs> Yeah, we don't. And Japanese, very good at, at that. Korean, like really Asian people are just, because it's in our culture not to do that, right? We don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yes. Uh, we're more like, keep your face, you know, keep your dignity. So we won't tell people that. Um, but behind like, <laughs> behind the back, like all the thoughts are like, I really can't stand this person. But I think in the West, we do both of that. <laughs> we will say it to their face and we'll say it behind their back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it depends. I mean, even within a culture, you have different kinds of people who say different things. But yeah, you might not get that so much, especially in our class, right? We have like Asian people. You probably won't hear it from us because culturally, we weren't raised to, to be yeah. so offensive. <laughs> well, I think I think the one thing is, for, so from my side, sometimes I'll get very annoyed with someone different a lot of the times, or this and that. But I'll I won't sort of take it personally. I will forget about it and then get on with things. Like I'll realize that I'll get annoyed for it for maybe a couple of hours or something, and then I get I, then my mindset is you got to get on with what matters. Like silly disputes aren't important. It's just about yeah. doing something that's well and well, like 
it doesn't matter. We'll just do do the job well, and and you know we succeed as a team and do well. All this sort of bickering about this and that doesn't really matter. It's not important. That's good, Marvin. That's good. It's a good mindset. Not everyone's like that. Because it's a bit silly. Like if 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 someone what's it called? If if someone what's it called? I don't know. They've they've said something that's offended you in the past, and then you've you still bear it, and they've forgotten about it, and you've forgotten a, if they've you've forgotten about it, and someone's still offended by a chat, and then you have to work on something. It's going to get in the way of it, and then you're going to make the situation worse, and then it goes down. Like it's, but then some the but there are people that I don't that I would that I don't like, and there's people that don't like me. But I think what I do now is that. One thing that I've learned from the outbreak is that I decide what I'm going to let near me, and some people won't like it or this and that, but I decide what I let near me now. I'm not going to just. Yeah, I think this outbreak has um, helped us all, like also reflect. I mean, I also feel like I'm learning. I mean, I didn't learn about mirrors until this outbreak, and someone taught me yeah. that, and that really helped me also. And all these are tools, right? And it's just learning different things that help us um, and grow and then we can focus on our work and what we want to do and yeah yeah uh, yeah what that's and one thing one thing I tend to struggle with and this is a big big thing that I struggle with with t- people that I'm intimidated by like people that are higher up than me or that I look up to I don't know what to say with them like with Philippe and what's it called some people that are famous Whenever I'm around them, I either act rude because I don't know what to say or do, or I, or I'm just nervous around them and say nothing. They're, there's no sort of charm or anything like that. As soon as I'm around them, it's boom. <laughs> um, I don't have any advice because I also struggle with that. <laughs> just be yourself. I know, like literally, that's like the worst thing to say, but um, I think if yeah, you can just try to be yourself. It will be more yeah. helpful for mankind. <laughs> I think yeah, I do agree with what you're saying about be yourself and be nice in that. But I've had many situations in the past where like, I'll be open, honest and nice and people take advantage of that. So if you have a good idea or you you think, I think, oh, let's work on this together. We could do something big. The other person will think of trying to take an easy route out and try and steal it. Or they'll try and sort of backstab me because they think it will help me help them. There is being like that, you, like someone's saying that if you're nice and you're open, you're honest, and it will attract the right sort of people to you. Yes, that is true, but you also got to be cautious too, because not yeah. everyone has good intentions. And I think one thing I do in the past, and will probably still do now and again now as well, is I'll be a bit too open, too much to the, maybe the wrong people occasionally. And I think what we should, all should do is we should be reserved and take our time to get to know someone before we sort of being open. People have to earn, people should earn the trust over time yeah. and show that we're worth trusting. I guess so, but I also Just think security. there is nothing wrong with being open and honest. And as long as you draw your boundaries and learn how to say no. Yes, yes, that's what I'm getting at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important as well. But I think it takes time to... I think your intuition is very important. 
and knowing how to build that and sense things is super it will help a lot in these situations yes <laughs> and one of the things that i <clears throat> what has been what has been at the moment during your time as being a creator and a businesswoman as well what has been a moment where you, what what have been two eureka moments and what have been two moments that have really that were hard but uh, that that but are absolutely absolutely hilarious when you think back on them two eureka moments um oh my gosh i don't know i think oh i, I can't really think um I guess when I ever, whenever I do a very successful project, I have a eureka moment where I go like, yes, it's possible. We have to work hard. I did it. Yeah, so that's one. And then, um, I think the second one was finding the right people. I took a while to find a good team. And not saying that my team who worked for me before were not good. It was just uh, finding the right mix of people for the right project i took a while to get really good at also i think hiring people who the work is aligned with them is super important and i've had people who came into my company and left and um do other jobs but in that time they were aligned with the work and when they left you know i was like oh did i hire the wrong person and then i realized that um, everyone's alignment changes and at that time they were the best people to help me with what I needed to do and then as we move different people come in so I think getting a sense I love meeting people and I love um, like working with different people and the more people I work with I get just really energized like especially with new projects and new clients like I have a new project now uh, with this company that I'm making online clown content for them and the producers I've never actually worked one-on-one -on -one with them before I've heard of them they know me and I love working with them because they're like so good at like letting you do whatever you want and also like trusting you with the content and giving you feedback and having conversations tree pumpkins showing a shout out to you um so <laughs> No, I really, and, and I love it. And the more I attract different people, I just, I just, that's a Eureka moment for me. And it comes from here, right? This place of saying with my intention, I want to do more creative work. I really will want to like, you know, see, help me, you know, like see who, who will be able to, to join me. And true enough, those were good moments. Um, hard moments, um, I got bullied a lot when I was younger, like in the, not as a child, but yeah, as a child too, but um, I got bullied when I started, started doing my business, like in the first, second year, I got bullied a lot. Like literally 2018 was a year I met a lot of people who like would step on me and bully me and I had no sense of boundaries and gosh, really the worst year, but um, <laughs> I that was really hard. I really wanted to give up. Uh, but looking back, I'm glad I went through it once. I never want to go through that again. And I'm very damn like, um, I'm damn like conscious about who I work with now. Now I'm like super extra because I don't want to go through that again. 
because I was working with clients that really bullied me, called me names, um, really hard to work with, gave me a lot of anxiety attack. Um, I saw so much of their egos and how horrible human beings they were. Yes. And I was just like, and I was just working with them. I just didn't know how to step away. I was so scared to do that. Um, and I think about it now and I think it's because I, I had a mindset in my mind where maybe I didn't think I was good enough or subconsciously like to attract, you know, better clients or whatever, or I was trying too hard. I don't know. But now my mindset has changed greatly. And now I know how to say no. And actually saying no and saying, I don't want this is one of the most difficult things for me because I'm, you know, not used to that. Um, not my, in my personality, I like to be nice to people. I'm not so nasty, right? But <laughs> I have to be, I have to be now because sometimes you have to draw your boundaries. And uh, it really took me like that time. And I, I, I mean, I'm sure I'll meet like shitty people because they're all over the world. But I met really good people and that's what yes, I'm yes, yes. Attract the good ones and the shitty people can continue like doing them whatever they're doing. Yeah. That's the, well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's a very um yeah, it's just the world we live in and yeah, it's well I mean in some ways it's been good though. Maybe you wouldn't be in the position you are because maybe they give you a bit of motivation the bad experiences if you don't have any bad experiences then sometimes you won't have the drive there so like my dad says even if something bad happens don't always look at it as bad because if a bad situation happens you can learn from it oh i didn't what's it called get the girl i wanted and maybe you think oh maybe next time i won't do this or next time i won't do that or i didn't get the deal i wanted oh i didn't need to do this and that and then you go, right, I don't want that to happen again. So I'm going to do this and this and that. And then, so, I mean, maybe it's helped you in the long run there. Yeah. And I only recently learned, um, I'm seeing a mentor coach lady now, and she really helped me see that um, sometimes we have traumas from relationships, not romantic, but even business-wise. Um, so we just do a, like a blanket statement of, I won't work with these kinds of people anymore, or I won't work with this like group. And then you start to maybe miss opportunities that you might get from other organizations within the blanket of <laughs> like, for example, like a charity, like I hate working with charity. Then you might like miss the chance to work with another charity that is really nice, you know? And so I realized that I had a lot of traumas with the people that bullied me and then I started to say no and I had this like sort of thing where I was like I'm not gonna work with all these people and then the the options became limited so I had to really and I'm still doing that which is working on reprogramming my mind where I teach a class where you know before that I was maybe like scared to do it because someone said something about me or I, they were bullying me and then I didn't want to do this anymore um, and now I'm just doing that so that I don't feel so like, uh, and trust that I can say no and I can walk away from something that is bad. So, and this is, this is something that I think we both share. And I think one thing that I've found difficult is knowing how to balance friendships or relationships with, um, with well, your vision and your dream. And that's because that's that can be quite difficult. 
Uh, I've lost quite a few friends in it as well, I think. And then there's also been a few instances where I thought people were my friends, but they weren't. And also, um, there's, yeah, yeah, sometimes I'm not too sure how to deal with a relationship because people want to talk and they want to do this and that. But you're like, I spend too long talking. I'm not going to get this done or that done. And then, yeah, and then it's because I can see where things are going to go. You, I, I, don't, I don't mind spending time chatting with people and I like being friendly. But you can't let it get in the way of getting things done. Otherwise, you're not going to do anything with your life. Yeah. I mean, my trick to that, which is, especially with people who talk a lot and don't get things done and want to collect, a lot yeah. of people come to me for that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'm open. I'm a very open person. Sure, let's do it. But I always do my end of the work first. Where I go, okay, I'm going to do this. And then the ball's in your court. If you don't get it done, I see you flaky, like, Okay, then I'm not going to pursue it. I'm just going to go somewhere else. And I have um, a lot of experience of that. But that's how like projects drop off. And I'm watching, you see, because I'm like, if I if I see this person not doing her end of the work or not setting up that meeting, I'm not going to get angry. I'm just like, okay, so this is a test. So obviously you failed it. And I did. I know I did my part and I'm super on the ball, super like, following my schedule and whatever and then I just kind of leave it as that. Yeah, I think one, one thing that's also come into my mind, I, was, I made a lot of friends in lockdown as well, like three or four, like some people I've become quite close with because of it and they're in different parts of the globe. And one thing I've also as well, do you like Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bryant? Um, he passed away, right? Yeah. I, he's, I'm not really, uh, not that I'm not a fan because I've heard his podcast on Lewis House and I've heard all about him, but I don't like follow basketball. So my knowledge of him is very limited. I don't follow basketball either, but I follow him and Michael Jordan. Uh, he, he said when you're really committed to a goal, like friends and family know what you like. You know, they know you're committed to the goal, so they won't be sort of effect, offended by it as well because you know that's that's what you are and that's what you have to do and that's what I sort of that sort of made me realize that as well yeah I mean the friends I have now are I mean I have all sorts of friends but the friends that are close to me are people who know what I want in my life and I support them as much as they support me like and that's like it's a both-way thing yeah, like I have, um, uh, I won't say like he's a friend, but he's also like my intern. He became my associate. And, you know, I'm like, if he's he's in school, so I'm like, yeah, if you need to go to school, go to school. You know, I'm here, like if you need me. And he knows that, oh, I'm taking a different direction with a certain project or company. He goes, yeah, I'm here if you need me. And having people like that is so important and it takes time to find them. Um, but like, you know, you're not looking for a hundred people, like you just need like a few good people and that's it, right? One thing, one thing, one thing I find quite funny about one thing I wish wasn't prevalent with a lot of people that I know, and this is, this is true as well. We all get jealous a little bit to a certain extent, but from my side, I absolutely love it when someone works their butt off gets their goals very successful very creative i love it i see it as a sign of inspiration just shows that i can do it as well i get maybe minus one percent jealous but mo most of my mindset is thinking 
they can do it, I can do it, and I can learn from you. And thank you for showing me that that can be done. And if I like work being around people that are working, that are smarter, work harder than me, or I like be, being around people that are also working hard like me, or if they're not, I like to see a good attitude. And I like, I like to help people with a good attitude and things are right. I don't, I don't like, so the, the type of person I don't like is someone that tries to be clever and sneaky and wants to get things the easy way off you. That, that I don't like, that I've got no time for. Like if you're talking about this and that and they start trying to listen in or they, they're trying to get someone else to do everything for them, that, that I don't like. But I, if someone shows a bit of an interest and they work hard and they're nice and they seem like got right goals and right attitude to things, I don't mind helping you out. Yeah, as it should be. <laughs> uh, it's not like that, but yes, that's, 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 that's what I, I, yeah. One thing is people get jealous all the time. They get really toxic and bad about it. And that, that's something I wish wouldn't happen, but it's just, I see that all around all the time. Like people complain about celebrities or they're saying about this and that. And that time could have been spent doing work or you could learn from them or you, like, oh, this person's doing well. This, they're such an arse. This. Look, they're doing well. They show you can do it too. You can learn from them. Don't hate. That time could be spent doing something else. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, oh, so I want, want to ask as well. Um, I, th I know that you're tight for time. Um, how long have you got left? Because I'll ask two more questions, I think, and then... Sorry, I'm hearing music but like i'm like where does it come from is it you no it's my dad's ringtone and he's upstairs um yes i mean with the jealous thing i think just being clear i i i understand that um, thing and now I've come to a point in my life I don't really give a shit about these people and I remove myself from situations like that so my yeah. whole environment doesn't consist of people like that and I don't put myself in situations like that if I am confronted with it I remove myself from it but it's not part of my life anymore um, and it's done a great deal of like a great deal of work like even like you know on your social media if there are people that cause you to even have these thoughts i just kind of unfollow them <laughs> so that i create my life right i am my own creator my own like um yeah and you know i try as much as possible to make my environment safe and positive and um it's done a great deal of difference with my mindset it's a lot yes. about thinking is subconscious and you know you never know what is feeding you negatively and you didn't even know it was there in your life Yeah, that's that's what I find quite an interesting thing. But it's it's yeah, that's well, that's what I've learned during the lockdown. When I say what's it called, choosing what you let around you, because it is very important. And yeah, it's but just better for you. And it's um, there's two there's two other questions that I like, like to always ask at the podcast. And yeah. this is something that I've learned from a lot of other podcasters, and I think it's a great thing. You should find out about people. And I think two questions I want to ask you. What is a quote that you'd like to live your life by? Mm. I have a list of quotes on my wall, but I can't remember um, right now. Um, I think, let me just Google it. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I remember um, something. Uh, oh, yes. 
this is for my work and I wrote it down from this woman called Dr. Terrari Trent and I was listening to a podcast and it was at a time when I was kind of figuring out my business um, but she said your dreams in life will have deeper meaning when they're tied to the greater good mm. um, and yeah greater good doesn't mean like just doing you know charity but it also means like living your best self and your best life um so i like that quote a lot <laughs> and impacting others yeah and impacting others and what i i think we've covered it already in the podcast but what advice would you give to your younger self Oh, don't be so stupid and naive, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> that girl was, I was very naive. I thought people are always nice. I thought, you know, I didn't realize how much grit you need in to be in this industry, in this world sometimes. I call it grit because you need to work really hard. Um, and now I've opened my eyes and I see everything. I see the good, the bad, and now I see that I can exist in whatever way I want to exist in. And to be honest, I didn't know that you have so much power with your thoughts and your your choices. Because I live in a city, to be honest, like it's very controlling. And you know, we are not thought that we have so much free will in our lives and we can do whatever we want really but it's it's this fear that you know makes us just follow things fear to lose or whatever and now i've learned that yeah i have complete free will and i can choose how my life wants to be and like when bad things happen i can choose how i want to react to it instead of letting it consume me which it did for a very long time where I didn't have the tools to, to, to react. And now I see everything and, I, and I, I'm excited to just keep living my life and growing and, you know, having those tools and building my own life of how I want it to be like a Sims video game. And that's, and, oh, that's all very interesting. No, that's, you say like a Sims video game? Yeah. <laughs> which which version? <laughs> uh, I haven't played Sims in a while. Since four was the last one I played. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that is that is the conclusion of the podcast. It's 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 yeah, it's it's been a very long time since we last spoke and it's it's yeah, it's a shame. But I mean the world seems to be getting better there. In certain parts, I mean, America and Brazil, the virus is woof. But I mean, other parts of the world, at least the virus is recovering. And we will, as you say in your arts tropical, we will be through this. Like, that's the message that every artist in, in those videos said. Don't be too hard on yourself and go through it. And I think we will be. I mean, things may be hard now, but we'll, one thing is everyone's going to appreciate things when they're better. For sure, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing that. And I think this is a good time to gather all your tools and to grow 
so that when the world opens, you can just, you know, just start working and doing a lot of work. Yeah, you can hit it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can, All no, right. But, it, but it's been good speaking to you. Um, yeah. I will hopefully see you around. Um, yeah. Keep working and doing your amazing things. I'm excited for your business, excited for your whatever ideas you have. Just bring it to life, you know. You, me too. And mate, could you send me like your social media handles, like some stuff that you want to, what's it called, let people know of, and I'll put it in the description when I'm promoting the podcast. And what was that? When, when is the podcast coming out? Okay, I'll probably put it uh, around, so we're in mid-July now, probably in early August. Okay, cool. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, well, <laughs> I want to say, um, yeah, just let me know about that. And, yeah, just let me know about the dancing thing. I'll have a look into it. It looks interesting. What dancing thing? You, you're doing the dancing lessons. I would like to give you Oh, yeah. Dance. Yeah, I don't know if you can make the time zones, but um, yeah, let I will let you know because <laughs> the time zones may not be great for you. I think it's like morning when... What time do you wake up? Normally, it varies. So today I woke up at around six-ish. And then some, sometimes I wake up at three or four, and then sometimes I wake up at eight. Oh, okay. Wow. 6 a.m.? Yeah. Why? There's a lot to do. <laughs> okay. even, even, even with myself not working at the moment, there's lots of things to prepare for. So, yeah. Love you, Marvin. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love you. You know that. You're very... Yeah. You don't I'm know. so cool and you have a good like you have a good producer mind 